Welcome to Lessons in Life and Love with Rihanna Milne, where we show you how to have the positive mindset for success in all life areas so you can grow beyond difficult transitions and evolve from those challenging moments that may have influenced your past but will not define your future. It's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve as we teach you the exact skills needed to attract and keep a lasting, emotionally healthy and conscious relationship. Now, please welcome your host, certified life dating and relationship coach, trauma professional, and best-selling author, Rihanna Milne. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome to show number 30, the big 3-0 of Lessons in Life and Love. I am your coach, Rihanna Milne, known as a life and love transformation expert, and I'm on a mission to change the way the world loves. And I hope you, my listeners, who I call my angels of love and my love transformers, will help me spread the word on how to have conscious, loving, and respectful relationships. Tonight, we're going to go into part two of positive parenting techniques, raising confident and successful kids. This will be a three or a four part series because it's really important. Of course, you know, I'm the expert in helping adults who are successful in business but struggle in love. I also work with a lot of teenagers going through transition from high school to college, college to the workforce. But if we can raise confident kids from the very beginning, then the job will be so much easier and you will be a much more confident and happy adult. So let's start, if you are parents, by helping to raise great kids. If you're grandparents, this will help too. Tonight, we're going to go into the positive behavioral chart and raising kids from birth to five and five to 15. So we have a lot to cover and I'll get through as much as I can. As always, I'm here to teach you the exact skills you need to have a fantastic life and attract and keep a fabulous partner, no matter your age, whether you're a man or a woman, straight or LGBT, or if you're single or in an exclusive relationship, so that you can have the life you desire and the love relationship that you deserve. Please take advantage of of me being live on radio on Bull Brave Media Global Network because you can call in and talk to me free of charge. And the number is 866-451-1451. That's 866-451-1451. And I'm on for the hour, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Just have your question ready to give to my show engineer when you call in. And if you'd like to meet with me personally, do apply for a free Life and Love Transformation Discovery Session. Simply by going to my website, rihannamilne.com. Fill out the pop-up form and tell me your story. Remember to listen to all my past podcast shows on my website, lessonsinlifeandlove.com to get an education that builds your knowledge in both life and love skills. Also, I am covering parenting very heavily all starting last week and all this week on Alexa the daily flash brief. It's called the daily lessons in life and love. So look that up and you don't even need an apparatus. You can just use your app on your phone, look up Alexa, download it, and then look up the skill daily lessons in life and love, hit activate and you get your skill every day. How easy is that? And you can find me also on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Google Music, and your other favorite podcast apps. And if you hear something you know will benefit a friend or a loved one, please do be an angel of love and share the show link and leave a comment and a five-star rating when you're on there. Us podcasters live for that, let me tell you something. All right, so we're going to start here. And again, if you have any questions or struggles with your child or your teen, call in and talk to me. This information I'll be sharing is from two of my books. The first one is Live Beyond Your Dreams, From Fear and Doubt to Personal Power, Purpose and Success. And you can download free chapters from this book on my website, rihannamilne.com. And you'll also see the love book there. So download those free chapters as well. And I am reading from my research that I did for my master's thesis. It's called Increasing Self-Concept and Developmental Assets in Adolescence Using Behavioral and Psychoeducational Interventions. And I wrote this in year 2000. It's about 150 page, 88 professional sources. And when you write a thesis, it is donated to science. And I have discovered if you put that title in to Google search, it's now written in about 14 different languages. So my research 
research is out there and I'm sure being used in many other books and research reports, which is really exciting. So you can see I do specialize in this work of helping kids become the best that they can be, starting from young children all the way up to adolescence and then college age. And I was just on with one of my moms today. Her daughter, who's 18, is finishing up my program. And she excelled so much. Her mother is thrilled with her complete, she goes a 360 degree turn in attitude, happiness factor, direction in life. She was going to college very anxious, didn't know what she wanted to study, wasn't happy about being in college, angry at mom and dad, didn't like the boyfriends of mom, just a hundred different things going on. And really it was a lot of unconscious emotional triggers coming up due to abandonment because she had some of the childhood traumas. And one of the most important ones, she was an adopted child. And there's a lot of abandonment issues going along with that. She now is just thriving. She has her dream job, but that has to do with her new major at her university that she's transferring to. And she's just happy and really, really excelling. This stuff works. I can tell you that's why I'm so excited about sharing parenting with you. There's so much more, of course, than I can do on a podcast hour, but we will get started. Today's show is being brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash Rihanna and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a free title and start listening today. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash Rihanna. Last week, I shared a little bit of the history about how I found the Doman Method of Education when I was pregnant with my two daughters, who are now 35 and 36. And I was very excited about what I read. And I said, I am going to do this and I'm going to do it right and well and see what happens. And my girls were reading before kindergarten. They were reading by the age of two. They were doing simple math problems. I did put them also in Montessori school at age three. And I think that really helped to excel what they have already learned from me mom and just the way I raise them. So I do use examples in my book, but I also, when I say my kids, I also had tons of kids in the schools. I was a SAC counselor, student assistance counselor, where we helped with the emotionally upset kids. So anybody that was bullying or being bullied, the ADHD kids, kids labeled as oppositional defiant, most often these kids came from traumatic based homes. And when I could get them to settle down trauma in their brain and their body by doing simple meditation, music, therapy, play therapy, the positive behavior charts, which I'm going to talk about tonight. This was back in 2003, four, five, six, when meditation was even heard of about doing it in the schools, but I was doing it in Miss Rihanna's relaxation room. That was the name of my office. If the kids were in trouble, they come down to my office and they go back totally different kids. And the teachers loved the different strategies that I did with my students. And that was from grades, kindergarten, all the way through college. I worked at Rowan Student Counseling Center as well. Let's continue in, this is chapter nine for parents, raising successful children and teens by teaching the Watch Me Motivational Mindset for Success. That's the name of the chapter. So it's a whole chapter on parenting. I want to go into parents who force their children to do anything are harming their mental well-being and those who try to live their lives vicariously through their kids or who look for personal self-esteem through their children's accomplishments are causing them great harm. Of course, I love to see my own daughter succeed. And when Alexi told me she wanted to quit singing in 2004 and focus on acting and modeling instead, it nearly broke my heart. After all, we've been through a lot together to get her singing career off the ground. She was on three multi-platinum CDs with a top singer of their time and traveled the world on world tour. So she was doing really well with it. It's not like she wasn't doing well, but I would never force her. And I said, I respected her decision. I also told her I thought she was really good at it and I hope she will revisit it again one day. But her happiness was more important to me and I wanted her to follow her own path. Even more significantly, I never wanted to lose our very special bond, which was our very close mother-daughter bond that we had shared. You have to trust and respect 
affects your children. We have to be real with them and talk openly about our feelings, apologize to them when we make a mistake and treat them like the treasures that they are. Ideally, you should start the techniques I offer when children are very young to build resilience, emotional intelligence, and survival skills over their lifetime. However, you can start at any age that they are, even today. I got many of my ideas from reading about parenting from books that taught how to inspire the love of learning in children. I'm also going to share what works so well with my kids as these suggestions will help you to cultivate a very positive and loving relationship with your children early in life, which will last as they grow and mature. The early years, birth to age five. Talk to your children when they're newborn as if they understand you. Be very expressive. The more you talk to them, the earlier they will start talking and they'll understand more. Even if they don't know what the words mean, seeing your facial and body language as you speak them will help them to understand you much earlier. Two, play lots of music in your home and watch TV rarely. Dance and exercise to music with your baby. Sing, laugh, and play together with educational games and toys. Put your children in a playpen very rarely. I used to use playpens for kids' toys, not the kids. Buy them chairs and swings that move to encourage exercise and movement to music. Three, take them out daily for walks and exploration. Talk to them about what you see, the flowers, trees, birds, animals, and everything. Babies brains are like sponges. They learn so much and grasp everything. Instill a sense of adventure. Take them shopping to nature parks for car rides and to the beach. Act as if they're much older, not infants who don't know anything. The more you talk, the more quickly they will learn and talk back to you. Four, read to them a few times a day with a dramatic and excited voice. They will learn that reading is a fun game and an exciting thing to do. Five, read the many books offered from the Glenn Doman Method of Education. I read several of the books, again, when I was pregnant 36 years ago. They were about teaching children who had brain damage how to learn. Their methods worked so well with these children that they began using studies, using methods with normally functioning children. Use your computer search engine to get the most up-to-date information on this method of learning. In 1982, there was no computers, of course, and what I read made sense to me, so I gave their methods a try. Back then, I went to the Better Baby Institute. Now it's called the Institute for the Achievement of Human Potential. And the training center headquarters was in Winmore, PA, outside of the town where we were living, which was Huntington Valley, Pennsylvania. I bought the supplies and books that they suggested, and you can buy them online today at IAHP, as in Paul, dot org. I purchased the math dot cards, reading strips with words printed in red and cards with inventors pictures on them of scientists. They said to treat learning like a game, to start slowly and simply and give lots of praise for any learning or repetition that the child does. It should never be forced upon the child or used as a punishment. Learning must be fun. So this is what I did just to break it down a little further. With a word game, you start there before you do math or science. Start with a large word strip and the word the child knows you by, such as mommy and daddy. Add the family pet's name, grandma, granddaddy, whatever they would call their the people around them in their family. These are the words that the child hears often, and they are associated with love. Show the cards one at a time and say the word with excitement. Do this twice a day, but only if you make it fun. If you do it grudgingly, it won't work. Soon your child will be asking you to play the word game. That's what we call it. Slowly add in other cards with harder words. This works. My children were reading Sesame Street and Dr. Seuss books by the age of two. And trust me, your child will be happy to have playtime with you. And as you praise them for learning the words and repeating them to you, he will feel a sense of pride from learning. This all established many years before the child sets foot in school. And then the love of learning lasts forever. Initially, you are doing the reading of the words, but pretty soon you pick up the mommy card and they say it, mommy. And it's like, that's right. And the first time they do it. You get all excited. You do a little happy dance. You high five. You know, you become really excited. Then they want to do the next one. They want to guess the next one. It does work. When the game has conquered about 30 words, then move on to the math game. There are square cards with red dots on them. Start with the first five cards. Simply show the card and say, this is one red dot. One. Go to the card with two dots and say the same thing. This is two red dots. 
Two, they have cards up to 100. Your child is absorbing the numbers in their mind and learning to visualize numbers and symbols. Progress to math games with simple adding. I remember taking trips to my mother's shore house in Ocean City, New Jersey and playing these math games. At age five and six, my girls understood the concept of negative numbers, the number lines, addition and subtraction. Then they learned multiplication all through these math games and us just playing games as we drove. This is tip number six. If you can speak a second language, then do it. Children learn languages much more easily when taught young. Don't speak it though in place of English because they do need to learn their English first. But if you have a relative or a good friend that speaks a second language, encourage them to speak it. Number seven. No matter how many hours you work, schedule quality time with your kids outside of your home. We traveled to Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Buffalo, Toronto, Canada for day or overnight trips when we lived in Erie, PA. After moving to Philly, we regularly went to the zoo, parks, the Police Touch Museum, and the Franklin Institute. We love those day trips. The children came to expect an adventure each weekend. Friday night was pizza and movie night in bed with me, or they could have a guest sleepover once they got older and wanted a girlfriend to come over. Saturday or Sunday was adventure day, but Saturday night was my date night out. I scheduled myself a break and explained it was important for my happiness to have time with my boyfriend. They understood and came to accept this as part of our schedule. No doubt a happier mom, especially a single mom, makes for happier children. Number eight, turn off the TV, but if children do watch it, they should watch fun educational shows. Back then, my children loved Sesame Street. We also liked Fraggle Rocks. They were cute. As I got older, I told them they could watch creative shows, and MTV had just come out, and they loved watching the young singers and dancers. My girls grew up hearing a lot of R&B, dance music, jazz, and classical music. I did play some popular rock, but didn't like heavy metal or the punk music myself, so they didn't hear that. One of their favorite activities was to watch a music video, like Janet Jackson, practice a dance together and then asked me to film them. They had great fun watching the tape back on the VCR. I still have those tapes of them dancing today. It was obvious then that Alexi's early acting, singing, and dancing fun became one of her future talents and chosen career of which she made incredible income. Number nine, encourage your children to go out and play. My children built forts, created a play and sold tickets to the neighbors where they perform, went fishing at our creek, played kickball, rode bikes and played hide and seek. Do you remember all those games? They teach social skills and the art of negotiation. If kids try to cheat or got out of line, the group would encourage them to knock it off and they did. Today you rarely see kids playing outside in groups and I think that's really a shame. If you're in a neighborhood that is safe, encourage those games and teach them how to play them. They'll love it. 10. Enroll your children early in school. I enrolled my girls in the Montessori program from age 3 through kindergarten, which I would highly recommend. Between what I had taught them before preschool and what they learned in Montessori from ages 3 to 5, they had already excelled before entering first grade. Early on, they qualified for the Talented and Gifted program. All it took was my time and dedication to my children's future growth. What you do from birth to age five is critical in establishing your children's future success. Those who think learning begins with kindergarten are really hampering their child's intellectual progress and future success. How do you handle the temper tantrums in such young children? Let's talk about that a little bit. You want to know the cause of the outburst. It could be hunger, emotional overload, fatigue, or their frustration at not being able to tell you why they're upset. All parents have been in the grocery market when their child has had a tantrum. I think it's part of parenthood and it's frightfully embarrassing. Try to have someone watch the kids when you shop or choose to shop early in the morning when they're at their best. Have them help you look for things. Talk to them constantly and ask their opinion. All this helps to keep them occupied. If the child still breaks down, stay calm and leave the store if you can, or just continue through the checkout line as you pray for peace. Talk slowly and quietly as sometimes they stop so they can hear you. Take comfort in knowing that all moms and dads have been through this. Let's jump to age five to 15 and continue talking about positive parenting. It is said from birth age to 11, a child's basic personality and ability to learn and succeed has already been established. These are definitely critical years. 
as a single young mom who was forced to pay child support on a very limited income, I had to work several jobs and lots of hours to make ends meet. Nonetheless, I still scheduled our quality time and I made sure to emphasize the following. One, traveled. We traveled every year to New York City to see at least one Broadway show. I wanted my daughters to see different parts of the world so they would not be afraid to move wherever they chose to. I let them choose our trip and plan it. When I bought a timeshare, I had the children pick their trip first. Alexi chose Hawaii and Stefano wanted to go to Paris. We did travel to both of those places as well as Key West, Cancun, Monte Carlo, Nice, Saint-Tropez, several American cities by the time they were 16. For Steph's graduation gift, I bought her a seven-country tour of Europe that included London, Venice, Florence, and other cities. I remember her telling me, Mom, you've got to see Florence and Venice. You'll absolutely love it. And actually, three years ago, I got to do my Venice trip. So they were traveling to more cities than me when they were in their 20s, and that's what I wanted for them. As soon as Alexi started singing and touring at age 19, she went to South Africa, Paris, Amsterdam, Italy, Germany, Sweden, Tokyo, and over 30 other countries on tour. When she arrived in Africa and got upon the tour bus to leave, several children were very hungry and starving, and she said a little prayer in her head. She goes, I will be back to help you. And at age 20, she actually started her charity, Epic, Everyday People Initiating Change. And today, she and her best friend, Tanil Amor, another singer, have put 14 water wells in Tanzania. Again, this program teaches your kids to go for their dreams. At age 22, Steph became a flight attendant and worked her way up to become a supervisor and trainer with JetBlue Airlines. So I guess I instilled the love of travel and adventure in both of them. I recently had taken my girls to Greece to learn about their heritage, their half Greek. I had promised them the trip when they were young and I could finally give it to them. We visited the land of Crete and the city of Athens and they were so thrilled to see the amazing history of the Parthenon. I'm proud to say that each have been to more countries than I have in the ages of 22 and 23. Second, classes and sports. Enroll them in various classes in individual sports like art, dance, music, theater, karate, tennis, golf, and other things. Encourage activities beyond the school so that they have an opportunity to learn to make other friends of different ages. Introduce each class for a period of time. If they don't enjoy it, don't push it on them. Encourage them to continue for a while that they've seen unhappy, introduce something new. It is important that I have at least one activity outside of school. Number three, honesty. Teach children early on not to lie. Children lie because they're afraid to tell the truth. I taught my girls if they told me the truth, they would not be punished when they made a mistake. I expected them to apologize for their mistake, and then we would talk about the lesson that they learned. I had told them repeatedly that we all make mistakes. I do, and they will too. The important thing is to be honest about it and learn from it. Before starting this method, they were quick to blame each other for a mistake made. They were only a year apart, and they tried to get each other into trouble as little kids. When I started this method, I remember Steph trying to make eggs in the microwave on a Sunday morning. She dropped the bowl on the kitchen floor, and it broke. Instead of blaming her sister, she came running in to wake me up to tell me the truth and that she had broken a bowl and things were all over the floor. She was very proud that she told me the truth. And I calmly said, don't worry, baby, I got it. I just don't want you in the kitchen. I don't want you to cut your feet. So never scream at your children, especially when they tell you the truth. This will become a habit when they have no fear to tell you what the truth is. Number four, the star chart. This is a must This is the one big thing I want you to learn from this lesson tonight because I use this with my daughters and with all the kids in my schools. I started this when the kids were four and five and it continued in my house throughout the teen years. The chart shows five chores I wanted each of my girls to do without me needing to remind them. If they did their chores each day and it was only six days of the week with one day off, they got a star in that row. At the end of the week, if they reached 24 stars they got a reward of their choice when they were younger for a period of time it was picking out a new barbie doll outfit 
The item shouldn't cost a lot of money, and the reward could be also a family outing to go to a movie, bowling, a day at the zoo, and so on. They don't need to be perfect, as we aren't as adults, so they can miss a few stars. That's why getting 30, which would have been perfect, was not important. The secret behind the chart is that it needs to be positive and not negative in any way. I explained to my girls that adults go off to their jobs every day, and their job at their age was to do well at school. Then, when we were all home, we work as a team to keep our house working well together as a family team. We all have a part and we count on each other and all our parts are important. This teaches your children responsibility and respect for their abilities to help out and that they are an important part of the family and that you expect them to excel and participate. What you do is you just take simple line paper and across the top you put Monday through Saturday. Sunday was our day off. And then down the left side you put your five chores. Now these can change between summer and winter and they also change with age. You certainly wouldn't have a young son cut the yard but age 12 and 13 that may be on the list. When they were young I had feed the dog, make your bed, set the dinner table, pick up your toys, do homework and be respectful. Those were the things that I just use as an example and they can change. These are things that you want to work on instead of nagging or yelling at your kids, you put them on the chart. You're aiming for 24 stars and if they do that, they know what the reward is that they're getting. If they don't make at least 18, there is a discipline and they would know what that is. As you're sitting down to explain the chart to them, you give them the details and just the brief abbreviation is on the left side. Example, make your bed each day as you wake up before school. Help set the table with the silverware and plates and bring your own dishes over to the sink when you're done with your dinner. And all I have is set the table, but now they know exactly what you're looking for. So explain that. Chores should be age appropriate, and for teens, you could call it an allowance chart, and the jobs could be as follow. Once a week, do your laundry. Vacuum on Wednesdays. Clean your room Friday afternoon before the weekend. Cut the grass on Saturday. Take out the trash on Tuesday and empty the dishwasher on Monday. Let your teen choose the day for each chore, if appropriate. Friday should be called payday. Chart should run from Friday to Friday. Mark the chart at the end of each day so the child sees his progress and the parent won't forget if the chores were done. This way a teen earns his allowance money by the weekend and will not ask you for money to go to the movies or buy CDs, okay? They used to go out and want to buy CDs. Change the chart from summertime to school time and change the chores again as your child ages. And this is really great in teaching a teenager about money management. Let's say that they do their chores and they're 14, they get $10 or $20 for the week and that's it. So if they want to go to the mall and hang out with their friends and they're like, well, I want to get lunch and we're going to go to the movies. And it's like, well, you have your allowance spend your allowance. Then they'll go to the movies and say, wow, I could get popcorn and soda and a candy and then all my $20 is gone or I'll just get a water, a box of candy, and then I've got $8 left. I'm good with that. So they're learning money management and how much things cost. And it's their money now, so they're more prone to pay attention. I have to tell you, this really does add to life skills. Both my daughters were out of the house and on their own by age 19. That seems young for daughters. And when you teach them the value of money and how to money manage, when they babysit, you can spend half the money if you're working and half put in your savings account or have the big item that they're saving for. Just don't buy them a car. Make them contribute to their car. My girls did buy their car. That was really important to them. And when it came to insurance, they had to pay half. That way I was sure that they were going to be careful and not be out there speeding, causing accidents. You do want to encourage them to work early and we will go into what type of work would be appropriate. We're going to go to a brief break. You're listening to the live radio show of Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Milne on BBM Global Network. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audio book with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash Rihanna and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a free title and start listening today. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash Rihanna and get started. 
Why Audible? Well, Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. To download your free audiobook today, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash Rihanna and enjoy your free audiobook. We are back. This is your Global Life and Love Coach, Rihanna Milne, talking about positive parenting techniques. And we are in the teen years right now. The next tip is limit technology. I was said at that time, don't buy many video games. You don't want your kids absorbed in television. Limit the recreational gaming time. Kids will survive without it and actually do better with not having one. I refused to buy the big thing for my girls, which was Nintendo, because I didn't want them to get addicted to gaming or to TV. And I do want to tell you the DSM-4, which is the manual for psychotherapists, gaming is now being added as an addiction. And I knew this for years. I actually had a 14-year-old in my private practice in New Jersey whose mom brought him in for gaming addiction. And he totally was. I mean, he'd go to the bus stop, skip school, wait till his mom drove off, break into his house and game all day. Then he would curse out his mother when she said, dinner's ready. He goes, I'm not effing coming to dinner. I'm playing the game. Leave me alone. And he'd be up all day, all night. He was totally addicted. Limit it. Your kids don't need phones early on. They don't need all these apparatuses. Don't get them addicted to the games. Watching too much TV can also become an addiction. It's one of the addictions I described. People tune out life by turning on TV. It's also a depressant. A show here and there is fine, but to watch for hours every day is not a good thing. I see so many children withdrawing into the world of video games, phones, iPads, out of boredom, loneliness, or just to escape from their families. This is why so many people are having struggles getting jobs. They don't have the people skills. They don't know how to interview well. They don't have the social graces that they need or the ability to work with a lot of people because they're isolators. The overuse of technology can be a full-fledged addiction for many teens and young adults. The same is true of email, Facebook, IM, or internet games. Cell phones have become the new computers and texting's become the latest addiction for teens. Take your kids' cell phones away at dinner, during homework time and before bed. Do not let them go to bed with the phones in their rooms. Limit the time on the computer. I've had more than a few addicted clients in my office, addicted to computer games, porn, internet gambling as adults. Many older people and parents are addicted to TV, watching hours of it a day and ignoring their kids. Realize your kids, you're shutting them out and your spouse out emotionally when you tune into your shows. Children feel the loneliness of this addiction. They tell me about it all the time. Number six, daily quiet time. Give your kids time to chill upon getting home from school. They hate the 20 questions routine from mom and dad, and so did I. School, in case you've forgotten, is exhausting. Their days are a 15-hour workday. Teens are up by 6 a.m., start school by 7.45, end by 3, and may have a sport or after-school activity for two hours. Or for the little ones, be in after-school programs until 6 p.m., getting home to eat dinner and have two or more hours of homework until 9 p.m. That is a really long day for a young person, and they do it five days in a row. Try to remember your exhaustion when you went to school. So get off their case, give them quiet time when they come home, and calmly be available if they want to talk. You'll get more communication by being loving and supportive and not nagging them with lots of questions or demands. Try to catch up on quality time and communication over the weekends. Plan one weekend night as a family night. Gentle discipline, number seven. Don't scream at your children or hit them. This teaches nothing but abuse. Talk firmly to your children or sit down and calmly talk to them about what they did wrong. Explain to them why it's wrong or dangerous. Tell them you worry because you love them. Use that word often, say, I love you. I can't tell you how many adults are in with me from traumatic homes who never heard the words, I love you. My girls heard it all the time, and now I hear them say it to their little children. I grew up with a mom that did not know how to say the words, I love you. That was one of my 10 traumas. However, my dad could easily express it. Children should know ahead of time the consequences for a rule broken. Both the consequences and the reward should be displayed near the star or allowance chart. Remove a privilege for a week if they did not receive 18 of their 30 stars. It's only a week of discipline, not months at a time. 
Participation in business. This is number eight. Ask your teens to help you in business. I often ask my daughters about the music I should use in fashion shows when I had my model and talent school from age 26 to 36 years old. How to choreograph a certain dance routine for my models or what logo or slogan I should use on a brochure. Give them a choice about what promotional idea may work and ask them why they think that one they picked will work. Respect their insight and intelligence. This gives them confidence to be able to create their own businesses. Both my girls are excellent now in marketing, public relations, and running very successful businesses because they helped me in these areas since they were very young. I had them in my office doing paperwork and filing since they were 11. Tell a child he can handle something and watch. He will excel at it. Give him a chance. I still phone my girls for advice and they call me for advice and her opinion also. It's a great loving bond when we talk about business. The mutual respect we always have had for each other's intelligence around business. Teach them the skills to handle your business, whatever it is. Don't shut them out. Take them to work often. My girls knew the names of over 80 models in my agency. And if they didn't know someone, they just asked as they walk in their door. They'd say, hi, I'm Alexi. What's your name? (laughs) I wanted to make sure they were socially confident and business savvy. If I didn't give them that opportunity, who would? What you teach them from birth through age 15 is what they will carry with them the rest of their lives. My daughter, Alexi, chose not to go to college as she had this singing career in front of her at age 17, 18, and 19. And she landed the position of a manager at a very upscale lounge in New York City, earning 40000 a year at age 21. With her confidence, business savvy, hard work ethic, and ability to learn, she excelled at that position. She beat out numerous college graduates with either a BA or MA for the position. And this was a company called Midnight Oil, run by Randy Gerber, Cindy Crawford's husband. And Stefana, at the age of 19, was a manager of a large, successful restaurant in Santa Barbara, California, where she went to school. She started there as a waitress within a couple months. She was promoted to manager of that restaurant restaurant and earning a fabulous salary with only two years of college. She went on to work for Midnight Oil also in their New York City corporate office where she managed the inventory for over 23 upscale restaurants and lounges. Sending your child to college is not a sure avenue to success, but teaching them the important watch me life skills is essential to their success over their lifetime, no matter what they choose to do in their career. Years later, I remember after Alexi was putting water wells in, she thought, "Mm, maybe I'll go for a water engineering degree and went into Hunter College. She calls me, she goes, mom, the teacher keeps asking me, how did I put my water wells in Africa? If I'm already doing it, do I really need the piece of paper to say that I'm allowed to do it? And I said, I don't think so. If you're not being challenged, I don't see the importance of it. So she decided not to go to college. And she is a global speaker. She is like a millennial Tony Robbins. She goes around the world talking about personal transformation. She's 35 years old. And she made over a million dollars last year without one day of college. When she was a host for the HGV TV show, Run My Makeover, which was home makeover. I said, maybe you need a certificate in home interior design, hun. Like, did they ask you about that? She goes, well, I interviewed well, and they asked me where I had my taste of design. She goes, I always watch my mom design our homes really beautifully on a budget. She says, yeah, I think I will get one online. So she did get her certificate in interior design online. Again, they create their own jobs. They create what they desire due to this motivational attitude for success. Number nine, expressing love. Tell them you love them every day. Tell them you are proud of them. Any time is a good time to tell your children these two things. Children want to please their parents. They want to be good and make you proud. With a defiant teen, find something that they are good at and praise them. Let her know she is loved and important to you. Number 10, being a positive influence. Children believe what they hear and what you say and model what you do. If you scream in the house, they will scream too, thinking that's the way to handle a problem. If you're demanding of them as children, as teens, they will be demanding of you. If you tell them they are losers, guess what? They will become losers. Parents, you have all the power to raise terrific kids. Learn what to do. Treat them with love and respect. Listen to their concerns. Their opinions matter. Show them that you really care. 
Number 11, healing ruptured relationships. If you are extremely unhappy in your marriage after trying marriage coaching over a period of time, then get out. Children are often better off in a single parent home that is loving and peaceful than in an angry home where their parents constantly fight. If you recall, I left their father when they were four and five. And as a single mom who had to work hard, I still raise very successful kids. Don't put your children in the middle of your divorce. Don't ask them to carry messages to the other parent and don't put the other parent down in front of them. Trust me, this only backfires on you. I know I was constantly bashed to my children by their father for years. I could only say to my girls, I love you unconditionally and I always will. I would do the best I can for you. I will always keep my word. Both very smart children and one day you'll see the truth that I love you very much. That was the best I could do. My children did see the truth during their mid-teens. Alexia ended up leaving her father's house completely at age 15, and Stefana left college in her dad's house in Erie to come to my home in New Jersey, and then with my help went off to California. Alexia healed that relationship only after her dad apologized to her, and Steph chose to break ties for several years. He finally did apologize to her and then came to me to apologize. Our family members had to do a lot of healing, and today things are easier. But be the parent. Admit your wrongdoing and make peace with your children. Do what it takes to make amends. If you want to lose your children emotionally, then enter into a divorce war with your spouse. The two adults should enter into coaching and mediation to make the divorce as peaceful and loving as possible and keep your children out of it. We're going to move on. On to discipline. Let's see how far I can get in this because it's so important. I really want to hit on resiliency coaching from my research and the 40 developmental assets that were really instrumental too as my kids were growing up. So I'll see how far I get. Here we go. Discipline. Some parents will now ask, what about discipline? You say not to hit, yell, or scream, so how do I discipline the older child? What most people don't know is that the word discipline comes from the Bible, and it is the word disciple, and it means to teach. Discipline is a part of the positive parenting approach. We do need to teach our children self-control and to make wise choices as they age. Discipline teaches children appropriate behavior and important values, and it corrects a child's misbehavior or mistakes. Effective discipline helps children learn how to do the following. Exercise self-control at school and at home. Be responsible for themselves. Respect limits and boundaries of adults and peers. Make decisions that are in their best interest, but don't violate others. Acquire a sense of security and understand the consequences of bad behavior. The most effective discipline helps children learn from the results of their action by preserving their self-respect. It minimizes power struggles and allows for the possibility of compromise. It is important to be firm and yet fair and consistent. Avoid physical punishment of any type. Here are the dangers of using abusive physical punishment on your child. One, you teach your child it's okay to control others by using intimidation and physical force, thus creating a child who is violent to others. Two, it's more likely your child will be rebellious towards you when they reach adolescence. Abused children often are substance abusers as teens. Teenage girls often engage in risky sexual behaviors. Three, you can seriously harm your child, possibly face criminal charges and lose custody. Four, you make it less likely your child will develop sensitivity to the feelings of others. Those who are severely hit often become bullies as children, violent as teens, and sociopaths as adults. One in 25 adults are sociopathic as of the research of 2011. Today's research is showing four to five in 25. Five, you discourage your child from resolving conflicts by reasoning and negotiating, which are important skills for their future success. Six, you increase the chances your child will be abusive to their own child one day. Seven, you risk getting a family visit from DIFUS, which we call in New Jersey, or Youth and Family Services, as anyone in the school who has knowledge that your child is being physically abused and hit inappropriately must, by law, report to their authorities. In extreme cases, your child may be removed from your home and placed in foster care. The summary to the keys of affecting parenting. 
Focus on your child's positive qualities and constructive behavior. Praise him often when they're doing well. Do your best not to take his misbehavior personally. And keep in mind that we all make mistakes, including your child. Explain clearly the house rules and what discipline he can expect if the rules are broken. Good discipline could include removing his cell phone, gaming, computer, TV, or other privileges for a week and sending them to their room or a timeout chair. Bad discipline is anything physically or emotionally abusive, such as hitting with a hanger, a belt, a buckle, electrical cord, or switch, or burning the child. It also includes frightening or threatening them, such as locking them in a dark basement or dirty attic, refusing to talk to them for a long period of time, or constantly yelling and screaming at him. This is sure to raise an adult that will have trouble in all their love relationships. Smart discipline techniques include point out positive behavior, praise good behavior, and your child will want to continue it. Children, by nature, want to please their parents and their teachers. Two, present a united front. Parents, whether married or divorced, and grandparents must discipline in the same way and know the primary parents' house rules. Agree on the disciplines to be used in every household before an incident happens. Three, follow through. Be sure to follow through on a discipline once the rules are set. If you don't enforce the consequence or remove the privilege, your child learns that your words don't mean much, and he misses the opportunity to learn a lesson from the mistake. Four, be prompt and consistent. Act as soon as possible so your child associates the misbehavior with the consequence. Five, take appropriate action. Fit the consequence to the misbehavior and have your child apologize to any party they offended. If you must scold him, be brief and to the point. Children stop listening if scolding or yelling goes on. If you make a mistake, apologize promptly to your child. Six, offer choices. Children generally respond better to be given choices than to receiving commands. Seven, listen carefully. Children learn from watching others. If you want your child to be polite, you should be polite to him and others. Remember, you role model exactly what your child will do. Eight, be respectful. Show respect to your child through your words, tone of voice, and body posture. Always focus on the behavior, not the child. If you tell him he's bad, he will be, thus fulfilling your expectations. Instead, tell him he's a good child who made a mistake and he can learn to change. Nine, show that you care. Hug and kiss your child often and say I love you every day. Praise him for the things he does well. Children who feel loved are more willing to repeat positive behavior and quickly want to correct any bad behavior or mistakes. Tell a child or teen he is great and guess what? He will become a great adult. Remember, you are the child's role model. He learns from you the ways of handling anger, frustration, and showing love and respect towards others. Children will carry your example forward in life, so make sure you make it a good one. And the summary is if you tell your child he's bad and stupid, he will be bad and feel stupid, fulfilling your expectations. Tell him he is smart and wonderful, and he will be smart and wonderful. Some children can't help being impulsive. They don't think about the problems their behavior can cause. These children may be suffering from ADD or ADHD. There seems to be more cases occurring each year. Being a member of the child study team meetings and having her parents say they don't want their ADHD diagnosed children on medication, parents still need to look at their child's condition for what it is, a medical condition similar to asthma or diabetes. These children need medical help in a prescription form to control their impulses, and they must be able to focus so that they can learn. Many experts feel that the foods our children eating are so tainted with pesticides, preservative chemicals, sugars, and artificial ingredients that it may be linked to this condition. We don't know for sure, but why not go a completely organic and healthy foods as I had my parents try with their kids? Also get them to a coach early on. Do the positive parenting techniques with the charts. All my students who are ADHD oppositional defiant had behavior charts in my office. I had charts on every wall. And believe me, their behaviors all changed and their grades went up. If your home is toxic, if there's a lot of yelling and screaming between the parents, do something to change that. I invited a holistic pharmacist onto my radio show in southern New Jersey, and he spoke about the importance of putting your child on an all-natural diet. Try to stay with what God provides, as he said. That means fresh fruits, vegetables, nuts, including milk that is almond or coconut milk, 
fish and poultry like chicken or turkey. That's organic. Stay away from packaged foods. Anything in the package is not God made. Snacks should be natural too, like fresh popcorn in olive oil or cut apples with peanut butter. That's organic. I sent some patients and children to this amazing Asian pharmacist, Dr. Stephen Chen, and his remedies work for many of my school students. But dietary changes must be adhered to every day. So do stay up on the research about this. Those children who cannot make significant changes with diet and behavioral strategies within the home and school may need medication. I can tell you after seeing firsthand in the schools that those ADHD children that did try medication did extremely well as we also did the behavior modification and they were much happier and more focused in school and their grades went up and so did their popularity. They were happier all around. They didn't get yelled at as much. Their work seemed easier. Their grades went up. They did better socially and their self-esteem greatly improved. A parent not permitting his child to take medication he needs is making him suffer and setting him up for continued failure in school and in learning. They come to hate school because they fail at it. Sometimes a parent's ego does not want to admit that his child is ADHD, but the loving parent wants what's best for their child. If you have a child whose teacher or counselor is suggesting he get a medical review for ADHD, please do get them to the doctor. We see your children for seven hours, five days a week, so we know them well and we can see that they're struggling. Be an informed parent. Read all you can about the medication and the side effects. Help your child get what they need. That goes on for a little bit because, again, I worked in the school system for quite a long time, and I know our hour is coming towards an end pretty soon. Keep in mind that many children misbehave because they crave attention. Instead of paying attention to their bad behavior, find something good so that you can praise them. This is the theory behind the star chart in my SAC office. What they did when they ran down and they had a good day, they could put a star on their chart, and when they had four good days in a row, they got to go into my treasure chest and pull out a prize. When they filled out the entire chart, they had four prizes and a lot of praise and happy smiles. Learn to give these incentives, both inside of the schools. You can suggest it if your child's struggling. Definitely within the home, you want to do it. You want to make sure that every day is a good day between you and your child. Traditionally, there's three different parenting styles. The most common two we see is authoritarian. This is a strict parent who tells a child what he can and cannot do, punishes harshly, and usually for too long and does not care what the children's opinion or feelings are on the matter. This is the worst way to parent. Many military and strict fathers do this and end up raising adults who are very angry and make for terrible partners. Second is apathetic. Parents don't spend a lot of time with their child, nor do they give them a lot of guidance or discipline. There is minimal direction and the child's not given responsibilities. This usually happens with the overworked parent who has no energy to handle her kids at the end of the day or during a divorce situation when one parent overspoils a child and refuses to discipline at all. That's going to be a child that is not ready to be launched into the world because they have not learned responsibility. We are going to have to stop there. I hope you learned a lot. If you did, please leave a comment and five-star rating. And next week, we will continue part three of Positive Parenting. I'm going to go into my research on resiliency and the 40 developmental assets and some other things that I used in my research that is now around the world. All right. So join me next week at 6 p.m. on Bold Brave Media. And do reach out and give me your questions or comments and lessons in life and love show at gmail.com. And if you do want that life and love discovery session around parenting or anything else you're struggling with, just go to my website, rihannamilne.com. Okay, Transformers, be sure to join me next week, 6 p.m. on BBM Global Network. And as always, I am here to help you have the life you desire and the love that you deserve. God bless and have a fabulous week. We want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Milne. Your personal journey of life and love transformation has only just begun. Go to RihannaMilne.com for more resources. And if you're really ready to take action to improve your life or love situation, apply now for a free life and love transformation discovery session with Rihanna, a $500 value. Just contact Rihanna with your questions and to tell her your story at RihannaMilne.com. And remember, it's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve.